Hey guys, welcome to Operation PlayStation Plus, DashGamer.com's dedicated PlayStation podcast where we dive deep and dirty and discover what the latest and greatest PlayStation has to offer. I'm your host, Dash, and today we're going to be talking about the latest in the world of PlayStation, of course. If you like the show, make sure that you follow us over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings, that surely help us out, and also catch the VOD over on DashGamer.com and on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that bell, give us a like, leave us a comment, it surely helps us out. Uh, so yeah, once again, uh, this is Operation PlayStation Plus, the additional show to our main show, Operation PlayStation, which will be returning this August, uh, so look out for that uh, on podcast feeds as well. Uh, right now with Play- Operation PlayStation Plus, uh, it's more of a uh, erratic um, delivery of PlayStation uh, news and stuff uh, before we actually kind of set a fixed schedule for the show i do intend on doing that as well um there will be a fixed schedule to operation playstation plus at some point but uh as it stands right now it's only going to be on a on a breaking news basis or if anything uh the show is going to be running a little different, obviously, from the main show as well. I'm hoping to get some interviews down, and uh, which is which is already in the works, which is kind of funny because I only announced the show yesterday, um, and I was already hit up by a few people. So uh, that's really really cool. Um, got some big names in the pipelines for that, so I, I really really am excited to uh, get into that. Um, but for today, yeah, once again, it is going to be uh, focused on. The Horizon Forbidden West state of play that was this morning at 7 a.m. A nice early wake up uh, for everybody, uh, especially for those in Melbourne at the moment, uh, going once again into stage four lockdown for the next week. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, that's for sure. But other than that, um, I do have some housekeeping that I want to get to. So uh, housekeeping uh, for DashGamer.com. Dark Pictures House of Ashes uh, preview. Thanks to the kind folk over at Bandai Namco, uh, who was able to get us an early uh, hands-off preview uh, due to, obviously, uh, global circumstances at the moment. Uh, Scarlet Nexus first impressions uh, from the demo that was actually just released. It's also getting released today on PlayStation 5, so make sure that you guys get your hands on that. It's really, really good. Uh, Buy a Mutant Review. Thanks to the kind folk over at Coke Media. We supplied the review code on that one. Mark Isaacson, uh, one of our uh, one of our freelancers on dashcamera.com, actually reviewed that one. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition review. Thanks to the kind folk over at EA Australia. Uh, Shimagami Tensei Three Nocturne HD Remaster review. Thanks to the kind folk over at Five Star Games. Uh, Troy Baker proposed Xbox Game Pass in 2013, and gamers said no, um, which is unbelievable because. Uh, it was part of a uh, a panel that Troy did at Anime USA convention in Washington in 2013, just prior to his release of Infamous Second Son. And he proposed to gamers on stage. He, he actually proposed to gamers on stage. How about a subscription-based service? And they were like, no. So it was very, very interesting to watch that back again. Just recently, um, I just stumbled upon it on my recommendations on YouTube. And I was like, huh, this would make a good talking piece, I guess. So uh, make sure you guys check that one out. R-Type Final 2 review. Thanks to the kind folk over at Bandai Namco. Uh, Titanfall Retrospective by Mark Isaacson. Um, and of course, coming this weekend, we have Steins Gate, the 10th anniversary anime analysis special. Uh, so make sure you guys check that one out. And uh, Subnautica Below Zero review. Thanks to the kind folk over at Bandai Namco. I'm not going to waste any more time today. And we're going to jump right into the news. Uh, so for the first bit of news that comes by way of 
Shannon over at Press Star, of course, the meme goes on. Uh, and Shannon says, uh, no Horizon Forbidden West release date has been given, but development is on track. Uh, he says, Guerrilla Games released 40 minutes of Horizon Forbidden West gameplay footage this morning, but unfortunately, we didn't get a release date for the game, or even any kind of information that it was still coming this year. Uh, Guerrilla Games quickly followed up with a tweet that development is on track, but they don't have a release date just yet. Quote, thanks for watching the Horizon Forbidden West gameplay reveal. We don't have an exact release date just yet, but development is on track and we will have an update for you very soon. Thank you, as always, for your ongoing support. A lot of ad hominem there. Uh, so, yeah, it's obvious, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of speculation right now that Horizon Forbidden, Horizon Forbidden West may not actually make 2021 um but with development on track it's a positive sign uh but now rumors are suggesting that we might actually see the game come out uh quarter one 2022 which might be january february um i'm not completely sure uh, about that I, I do believe that it might just hit november this year um and if it does that's great um will it impact the way it will it impact god of war yeah it will because if God of War does not make release this year, which a lot of people are saying it's not happening because there hasn't been any news, but in that circumstance, they've also got to give some breathing room for Horizon hype to kind of uh, ramp up a little bit before they actually say, okay, let's do a state of play on God of War and actually talk about it. But if anything, that'd probably be in like E3 time. I mean, not, not to suggest that uh, Horizon Forbidden West doesn't deserve E3 airtime, but it's just... God of War is really, really getting a lot of hype right now, and I believe that they they want to save the big one for you know a special reveal, but also uh, for the fact that they don't want to let fans down. Knowing like they don't want to tell fans, hey, look, it's it's not ready, and uh, we don't have a release date for it yet. And if anything, I think that Horizon Forbidden West does have a good chance of making it out before Christmas this year. God of War, however, because of no information, there is no way. So other than that, um, I'm, I was pretty satisfied with what I saw today um, in terms of uh, the, the gameplay reveal and everything. Um, a follow-up article comes by way of uh, Robert Ramsey over at Push Square, who says, Horizon Forbidden West release date news coming very soon. Development is on track. So very much the same... Uh, the same thing here, uh, but it says basically it could mean very soon we might actually hear a release date. I kind of doubt that. I don't think we're going to hear a release date. Maybe July. If 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 they were if they were set to uh, reveal a release date, it would have been today. Um, I don't think that. Uh, well, look, actually, now that I think about it, it may may have not been, but I think there were. I think they, their, their intention was if it was going to be a release date, it would have been today. But seeing as it's not today and we're not getting anything, we may be waiting July-ish. And if we are waiting till July, then it's going to be a very late 2021 release. If not, June. And it will be, yeah, a guaranteed November hit. Um, but once again, like I said, that just... Uh, pushes uh, God of War out of the equation for 2021. And I think because there has there has been no release date yet for uh, Horizon, it still kind of puts God of War in question for 2021 if a reveal and a release date is shown around E3 time. So it's now down to which has the release date first. And 
honestly, it kind of sways more to Horizon Forbidden West at the moment. Um, because now we've got some gameplay footage. We've had like some campaign materials out there and everything else. Horizon Forbidden West is looking very promising over God of War, making it first in line to actually be released. Um, I'm not completely sure, but, you know, that that's just um, go, going off trends and basically experience of uh, being part of the industry for, for this long and um, also, you know, selling games for, for uh, over a decade. But uh, the next one comes by way of Liam Croft over at Push Square, who says, Horizon Forbidden West... Uh, mesmerizes in 14-minute gameplay sequence. Um, he goes on, Guerrilla Games has finally lifted the lid on Horizon Forbidden West following its announcement roughly one year ago with a state-of-play presentation dedicated entirely to the title. Featuring roughly 15 minutes of gameplay ripped from a PlayStation 5, the sequel dazzles with gorgeous and colorful visuals that bring the new environment to life. Heroin Aloy is also kitted out with a few new tools, included a gra- including a grappling hook and a glider. Excuse me while I take a drink. Being the only host now, basically, got to stay hydrated because you're always talking. Uh, you'll see both in action in the gameplay trailer embedded above. By the way, that's coffee, so you're not really staying hydrated. I should have water here. <coughs> and I'm also getting over a cold. Over on the PlayStation blog, narrative director Ben McCaw... Ben McCaw explains that the sequel takes place six months after the events of Horizon Zero Dawn. Quote, Aloy, a machine hunter, has traveled west to investigate a mysterious and deadly blight. Uh, In these uncharted lands, she will meet strange new tribes and encounter ever more deadly machines. Together with old friends and companions, she must brave this dangerous frontier to find the answers she needs to save life on Earth. End quote. Uh, uh, he goes on, then there are new tools Aloy has to utilize, the first being the pull caster. Now, that looks sick. I have to say, uh, the pull caster itself, like, really, really was a, a lot of fun to just to see. It kind of reminds me a lot of uh, what they uh, have in um, Monster Hunter uh, Rise at the moment. Uh, the pull caster basically uh, is kind of like a, a hook shot uh, uh, that basically slings Aloy from, like, pillar to post, uh, cliff to cliff, and, um, you know, she's able to traverse the land a lot faster uh, than on foot, or even swimming, which is really, really cool. Something else that they uh, kind of put out there was the fact that, you know, Aloy is going to be swimming underwater, and engaging with um, subterranean um, um, mech animals, basically, um, I can't remember what, what animal, 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 I can't remember what they call them, but anyway, <laughs> um, so it's really, really cool what they have put forward, uh, in the demo today, which was a lot of fun, and, um, I did notice, though, like, one gripe I had with the demo, um, that I want to, uh, highlight was basically, <coughs> excuse me, um, there was a lot of, uh, dialogue in between battle, basically, where she was running around, and I found that she was just making quips um, while attacking enemies and creatures. And a lot of it was offshoot comments more than anything. They weren't really fixed di- dialogue settings. Or there were a couple that seemed like they were fixed in certain points. But uh, there were a lot of random dialogue like, time to end this. Or here, how about that? Or how did that hurt? Or something like that. And I- I'm kind of... 
I'm pessimistic. I'm, I'm a little worried about that because the nature of recycled dialogue during a gameplay can become quite, if anything, can be quite annoying uh, to have recycled lines go over and over as you're engaging uh, in, you know, within swarms of enemies and everything else. I, I just feel like it's one of those things where they have to keep it fresh. And if we get the same lines over and over again, there's going to be a lot of frustrated players um, that just get annoyed by, by these lines continuously uh, being uh, delivered and disposed to them. It's I, 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 I think the exposition uh, may be equal to what they need in terms of, okay, here's the sequence, here's the break, Here's the dialogue in between uh, with, you know, uh, Aloy. For, for example, that leap off the branch that you just saw on screen uh, for people who are watching the VOD right now. Um, she says, you know, she says, oh, here I go. And then it's like, is she going to say here I go every time she leaps off a branch or like some random places, but over and over again, the same line. <coughs> it's very concerning in that in that circumstance. I, I'm... I'm I'm just a little hesitant because, like, I, like I've said before, there have been games in the past that have done that, and you know, people have basically been turned off by it. Whether they can f flesh that out and make sure that it feels natural, um, I'm hoping. Um, I'm, I'm, I really am. Um, I feel like, if anything, the improvements that I saw today within uh, Forbidden West gameplay here have been. Uh, a monumentous improvement uh, from Horizon Zero Dawn, especially uh, dialogue between characters. Uh, the discourse there doesn't seem so robotic now. Um, there's actually, um, you know, action happening in these sequences, in these cinematics now, instead of them looking so stiff and lifeless as they talk to each other. Uh, conversations in Zero Dawn were very, very much, very lifeless, very stoic emotionless uh, moments unless they were uh, pre-rendered cutscenes. Um, now with these in-game cutscenes, I felt like there was a seamless flow and they did a really, really good job. And, you know, um, the expeditious uh, pacing of it all basically pushed it even further. Like the ex it, it, it kind of um, delivered more of a freeform action adventure but they really didn't. The one thing I'm, I noticed that they didn't highlight at all was um, skill tree elements or like the RPG elements that uh, were in Zero Dawn at all. Like I would have expected at least a little or something today from that, unless they did highlight it but did not show the UI for that. Um, and I was just kind of oblivious to it. Basically, it was a little, it was seven a.m. So, um, but. Other than that, the, the upgrades to Aloy's uh, artillery looks fantastic. I can't wait to actually see it in motion. I think, if anything, it's going to be a really a lot of fun to play as Aloy in Forbidden West. But yeah, once again, that dialogue is uh, worrisome. I'm just hoping that they uh, clean it up and make sure it's natural. It, there's a natural flow to it. It's human. It's not so... Here I go, and I hope that hurt, and all this other stuff, and then it kind of recycles and repeats in every encounter, and that's gonna be one of the things I look out for definitely when I review the title. Um, there was some texture popping as you just saw as well. Uh, I'm sure that that's just basically because it's an early build. 
Um, but uh, that, that I, I'm not really concerned about that. The game looks gorgeous. The game looks ext- extraordinary. Um, I was I was taken back by how great it looked, um, like how great Zero Dawn looked. But when I first saw this and some of the light leaks that were coming through, and uh, you know the aperture and also the uh, draw distance of a lot of the stuff that's in this, I was. I was like, wow, this really does feel next-gen. Um, just as uh, it did at the beginning, as like as Zero Dawn felt when it first released on PlayStation 4. Um, obviously, not being a major leap between the two, but there are big, big differences. If you go back and have a look at Zero Dawn's gameplay compared to this, 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 is, a, this is tremendous in terms of... Uh, a comparison in terms of comparisons, this is a tremendous improvement overall, and especially in terms of these uh, battles, these one-on-one encounters here uh, between some of the uh, what I'm supposing tribe members um, or clan members, uh, as Aloy kind of tries to take them down, it looks phenomenal. So I'm really, and even this, see this part here, I, I'm, I'm really wondering what this is all about in terms of like upgrades and stuff, how they, re- how you really have that upgrade available. Um, but don't go through the skill tree to attain it. It's just there and you kind of apply it. I'm guessing that that just happens, but it's not something that was in Zero Dawn, that's for sure. So um, I'm really, really, um, I'm fascinated by a lot of what's happening. So I'm, I'm very, very excited uh, for what's to come basically of Zero Dawn. There were a couple more things uh, that happened during the demo as well today. Uh, basically, uh, we got more of an introduction uh, from characters and stuff that will be uh, appearing or returning once again. Um, this this awesome fight with this mechanical elephant um, that I just thought was great when I first saw it in the promotional art. Um, and I couldn't wait to see it. Now I've actually gotten to see it and I'm just taken back by it because I, I think that this is going to be an excellent boss battle. Um, I can't wait to see... If this is not the big boss then I can't wait to see what they have in plans to, like, um, for, for Aloy to encounter bigger uh, animals within the title. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait till uh, Horizon Forbidden West actually gets a release date. Obviously, we're going to be waiting a little more uh, before that happens. But, you know, time will tell, and I'm, I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, we get, we get to hear something soon. Uh, but yeah, obviously not. Um, but there is uh, some other stuff that I wanted to cover today. Um, there was some more breaking news aside from um, the Horizon Forbidden West stuff. Uh, and this one comes by way of Shannon over at Press Start, who says, Dying Light 2 Stay Humans release date has been revealed as well as new gameplay footage. Uh, he goes on, Dying Light 2 Stay Human just got a release date as well as eight minutes of new gameplay footage. I have not seen the gameplay footage, unfortunately, so I can't really comment on it. But um, obviously, a release date has just been announced for December 7th for PlayStation 4, PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. Uh, The first gameplay footage was also released, marking almost two years since we got the last major slice. As the gameplay footage shows, the look has changed quite substantially since its E3 2019 reveal. As rumored, they they said that um, uh, basically they were going back to the drawing board. A lot of stuff was going to be left on a cutting room floor uh, from Dying Light 2. So it's no surprise there, uh, but that's obviously... uh, They were were going in a completely new direction for Dying Light 2. 
Dying Light got really popular near the end um, of its uh, of its game's life cycle, which is funny because at the beginning it kind of came out broken, um, and you know a lot of people were kind of making remarks that it played a lot like a, a broken Mirror's Edge zombie title. Um, so it's funny that it got polished to the point that that you know it was able to attain um, a devout audience so that they could actually continue uh, the franchise once again into a sequel. So it's very cool to see that Dying Light actually get new life. Um, and I'm glad to actually see that a sequel has actually, you know, kind of made progress. The sequel has made progress to the point now that we're getting new details. So very, very cool. Uh, the next one comes by way of good friend Alex Walker from Kotaku, who says uh, some Far Cry 6 gameplay has leaked, including a pet alligator. Now, there, wouldn't, there was news uh, earlier in the week that um, Far Cry 6 was going to get a trailer this weekend. Unfortunately, gameplay has been leaked. So uh, he goes on, along with uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West this week, we're also supposed to get some uh, fresh Far Cry 6 gameplay over the weekend. But as is often the case, that leaked a day early. Around five minutes of gameplay and narrative leaked online, showing different cutscenes, established shots, urban and jungle environments. It looks like Far Cry 6 will let you choose between a male and female protagonist this time around. That's awesome. I like that. I really do. Um, some of the new weapons this time around along, uh, sorry, around include what appears to be a backpack that you can temporarily hover with. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of congested at the moment. Uh, doing damage in a wide AOE radius. Uh, that backpack apparently has also the ability to launch rockets at enemies, which feels very just cause. Uh, there's naturally a ton of different vehicles, from bikes to classic cars to horse to a horse that can that you can pet and feed. That's really cool. Uh, also, you can have a pet dog in Far Cry 6 that will wander up to enemies uh, and distract them by being cute. But also, you have a pet alligator, and yes, you can pet the alligator. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, look, Far Cry. Um, I've been mixed on Far Cry for a little while now, um, since Far Cry 3. It really hasn't done anything for me. Um, I've, I've kind of been troubled with it a little bit. I've, I've, I've been very pessimistic in terms of uh, what it can bring to me in terms of, you know, gameplay and everything else. I just felt like after Far Cry 4, it kind of went off the edge a little bit. I, I just didn't really... Troy Baker's... Um, portrayal as the antagonist in the game uh really kind of uh as, as i think it was a pagan something i can't remember anyway his portrayal in the game was well done everybody praised him for it but i didn't click with it i just didn't um i and it was it was sad because at the time obviously i was kind of seeing i think i was muddling my vision of the actor and the character a little bit and troy's prior portrayals as a protagonist, not an antagonist. So I was kind of just being a little bit funny in that circumstance, even though Troy had established himself as a great antagonist in the Joker, uh, in the Arkham series, I just didn't, I didn't click with this portrayal. Um, so in that regard, the gameplay was still Far Cry. And the thing was, I was already like, ah, oh, well, it feels more like Far Cry 3. Okay, whatever. So I, I don't know that was my issue. I can understand a lot of praise that was 
given to it. But then when Far Cry 5 landed, I was out. It just kind of, the story itself, the campaign itself was just not my thing. Um, so I'm hoping that this is a return to form in terms, like in terms of insanity and the circumstances and narrative. Um, you know, we're getting, um, I'm getting some great vibes from this. Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that like, apparently that it's rumored that this may connect to Far Cry 3. So I'm hoping that this may get me back into the series. We'll see. I'm not completely sure yet. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Do I think it's going to supersede uh, Far Cry 3's legacy? <sighs> that remains to be seen. A lot of people still hold Far Cry 3 in high regard, and I'm one of them. Um, it's just, it's tough. It really is tough to kind of say, okay, this may be better than Far Cry 3. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, the next one comes by way of Robert Ramsey over at Push Square. Uh, who says, uh, live, uh, uh, sorry, live, Dragon Quest 35th Anniversary Showcase promises plenty of announcements. Uh, so there was the Dragon Quest uh, 35th Anniversary Showcase. This is just an announcement article. I actually should pull up the one that actually has all the news. So the one with all the news is actually this one. Uh, this one comes once again from Robert Ramsey over at Push Square. It says, Dragon Quest 12: The Flames of Fate is more than an adult Dragon Quest. Is more a adult Dragon Quest has player choice and new combat style. Uh, Dragon Quest Twelve: The Flames of Fate has been announced, and it certainly sounds interesting. Uh, this is it's been described as a Dragon Quest for adults by series creator Yuji Hori. It'll apparently have player choices that can change the story and quote new combat system. Those familiar with Dragon Quest will know that the mainline games have always had turn-based battles, but it sounds like this is changing, at least to some degree. Square Enix is aiming for a simultaneous worldwide release for Dragon Quest XII, but no platforms or dates were announced. Based on Hori's comments, it seems like the game is still quite in its early development. Okay. That is something. Excuse me. Um, I feel like... Dragon Quest... Uh, 11 was a, oh man, Dragon Quest 11 was so good, so, so good, but it did, it did kind of, uh, have a hit and miss audience due to the fact that, um, it really did feel like, once again, they were leaning, leaning towards, you know, that younger fan base. Dragon Quest has been around for a long, long time, well, 35th anniversary, you know, um, I, I was, five, which means it was about 10 years old at the time when I first played the first title. And the funny thing is, I played the very first title completely in Japanese, because uh, at the time I owned a Famicom, and uh, the only way I could play it, uh, because I didn't have a converter at the time, and I couldn't really find a copy of Dragon Warriors around, um, I played Dragon Quest in Japanese. I still have the original cartridge and everything. Um... But uh, it's such it's such an iconic establishment, and I'm I'm very fond of it. To see it now kind of transform is great. I really I I, I love it when series kind of uh, progress with uh, with their time. So for example, like Dragon Quest has been around now for thirty five years. It's an adult. It should be an adult entertainment series. You know, it should be something directed towards. It's devout fan base that's been with it for so long. Um, 
And to hear that now that's what they're going for, I'm elated by that. I, I really am. I feel like it's something that now, okay, I can say they're aiming, you know, for Dragon Quest, uh, for, for fans that have been there for, for a long time, you know, for, for, for their devout. I'm not saying that it's a, it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a like it's necessarily something that was essential, um, not some, something that was needed. Dragon Quest Twelve could have been just, could have entailed the same aesthetic that Dragon Quest Eleven did, um, and would have been just as successful, I believe at least. Um, but to know that now, you know, they're actually trying to push the envelope and actually say, look, we really, really, really want people to. Uh, kind of go with like we really want to attach ourselves to a broader audience now we really want a lot of our older fan base to come back to this series and enjoy it just as they did back in they back in the heyday um i'm really i can appreciate that i can be I, like I, I can definitely appreciate that i think if anything it's it's extraordinary that they're actually delving into um something that i wasn't completely expecting um one thing as well uh, that I was really, really um, appreciative of was the, the announcements of uh, Dragon Quest, uh, I think it was 1, 2, and 3, getting uh, HD 2D remakes. I'm not completely sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll actually just quickly Google that. But I, I'm i appreciative of that because what it does now is um, reintroduces the audience. Uh, it's Dragon Quest 3. Here we go. So, uh, this one comes by way of Mike Minotti over at GamesBeat, um, who says, Dragon Quest 3 is getting a gorgeous remake. Uh, he says, Square Enix revealed a new remake for Dragon Quest 3 during a stream today, celebrating the franchise's 35th anniversary. It will have simultaneous release on home consoles, although we don't know which systems and when. Okay, so let, let's just kind of look, put it out there. It's going to be Switch, PlayStation 5, and... Uh, I don't know about Xbox, possibly PC. So it's great that we're uh, getting the remake of number three uh, because once again, it just kind of invites players back um, or invites new players to it as well uh, and establishing a new base for its, uh, you know, for, for, for its illustrious, its, its established esteemed history, basically. So we're not getting something that's, you know, we're getting something that's true to form and something that's going to be coming from the creators once again that kind of certifies Dragon Quest once again as, you know, this is an established series. We want you guys to come to 12 knowing that this is for you now. We're, we're sending you a love letter. Thank you so much for everything and thank you for sticking by us for so long. We understand now that our audience has changed, so we're changing and we're evolving with the times. So he is an adult-based Dragon Quest. So I'm very excited to see where they go with that. It's going to be a lot of fun when it does uh, release eventually. And yeah, for sure, it'll be PlayStation 5 uh, and Nintendo Switch. Xbox is always questionable when it comes to JRPGs, obviously. But Dragon Quest was was on Xbox, so it has to be Xbox. So we'll see anyway. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Anyway, the following comes from Sammy Barker over at Push Square, who says, uh, Borderlands 3 crossplay kiboshed on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 by publisher but it's unclear why. I have no idea what's happening here, but anyway, Borderlands 3 is getting cross-play across all consoles and platforms, except it's also not. Now, we all know the established history of PlayStation and cross-play between other consoles and PC. 
They didn't like it. They didn't like the idea of it. They don't like the idea of people actually playing um, games, even if they're third party, uh, outside of the PlayStation ecosystem, which is just it's 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 extremely befuddling with the fact that now they're uh, you know releasing Uncharted Four, which by the way will be our next story. Uncharted Four for PC, you know they've already got it. Horizon Zero Dawn, two first party titles I'm mentioning now available through Steam. Yet for some reason, crossplayer, uh, you know, across on you know, I know I understand. Xbox is a competitive, competitive, competitive platform. Um, is their competitor? It's their mainline competitor, and you've also got Nintendo, um, which obviously you know you don't have any games like you don't have Borderlands Three available on it right now. But eventually you'll get there, and even that might be watered down to like PlayStation Two level. But the the point is is that Borderlands Three is getting the crossplay treatment, except it's not, is what it's basically saying here. So. Basically, there was a quote on Twitter uh, by Gearbox, Randy Pitchford, which has gone viral, um, but it's hard to pass exactly what the problem is here. He states that an update for the looter shooter has been readied, uh, has been readied that quote includes full crossplay support across all platforms, end quote. However, he continues, quote, for certification, we have been required by the publisher to remove crossplay support for the PlayStation consoles, end quote. In this instance, 2K K Games is the publisher, but it's unclear why it would request removal of crossplay specifically from PlayStation platforms, especially when there is already a huge list of PlayStation 5 and PS4 crossplay games. Some are pondering if it could have something to do, something to do with a contractual clause enforced by Sony that sees it effectively, quote, tax publishers if there's a dis- disproportionate ratio between PlayStation playtime and in-game purchases made through other storefronts. However, Borderlands 3 doesn't have microtransactions or virtual currency. It only has DLC packs. Yeah, it really does muddy the waters here of what PlayStation want. This is this is something that's obviously being enforced by PlayStation. This is not something that I see 2K games of all people doing. However, unless it is a contractual clause that PlayStation have stipulated, um, you know, in taxing its publishers for having players purchase additional content through other storefronts. That doesn't make sense. It'll, that, that's uh, like, if they own it for PlayStation, they'll be purchasing it through the PlayStation store. Fine. Obviously, uh, they they want people to be playing it on PlayStation. That's their first, that's first and foremost. But PlayStation have also got to realize that nobody... Not everybody has their hands on a PlayStation 5. Not everybody's been lucky enough to score a PlayStation 5. They're rare to come by. If anything, this will alleviate some of that stress. You know, some people have already got an Xbox Series X, and they'd love to play with their friends who own a PlayStation 5. But for Sony to put the kibosh, once again, on cross-play between other platforms is just staggering. It's an archaic viewpoint. It's something that's antiquated and needs to leave. Um, crossplays uh, between uh, crossplay between uh, other platforms should be the norm now. Um, I understand that you know there's com- you know competitive market uh, and uh, all this jazz and language that's put into it. You know all the legalities and everything that comes into it. Fine, sort that out. Make sure it's fleshed out enough that you don't run into any trouble. But at the same time, be understanding that right now where we're at globally. Um, you know, <laughs> Sony themselves have stated 
that there's a shortage, there's going to be a shortage of PlayStation 5 units heading into the next year. How do they expect everybody to have their hands on a PlayStation 5 to play these titles? And like, if, if they, if, the, if they're worried about a disproportionate ratio happening, guess what? They own the ratio right now, two to one against Xbox. Even if, even if the ratio was uh, evenly marked or even swayed to Xbox for, for Borderlands 3. Why do they care? Like, do they care that much there are more people? It's going to expose the fact that there are more people playing uh, Borderlands 3 on Xbox. I highly doubt it, mainly due to the fact that, once again, it's 2 to 1, and also for the fact that Borderlands 3 has been out for a while now, so it's kind of has its established fan base, its player base online, and whoever's playing it now, uh, you're probably going to get like one or, you know, one hundredth, more of a people in a group to come on board and play within the next year. It's not going to grow exponentially due to a DLC pack dropping. So PlayStation's uh, worries, um, their reluctance, their pessimism needs to go out the window and they need to move forward and progress now. And, you know, basically let players play together, you know, across different platforms. It just needs to happen now. It's it's getting beyond a joke that we're still sitting here in 2021 and PlayStation are putting up barriers, especially when, you know, uh, their old slogan was for the players. It's just, that's not for the players at all. So anyway, uh, the next one, our final bit of news comes by way, once again, and as I alluded to it in the last piece, uh, this one comes by of Liam Croft over at Push Square, who says, Uncharted 4 is heading to PC, investor presentation claims. Uh, new growth vectors, PlayStation Studios, and this is basically what's on the slide as well. So off console, Horizon Zero Dawn, more PC planned uh, releases. So Days Gone, Uncharted 4 is shown, um, and they have grown in demographics and everything else. But anyway, the uh, article reads, Today was Sony's Investor Relations Day for 2021, which rarely results in news for, si- uh, for sites such as ours. However... This year's presentation from the Games and Network Services segment has resulted in one fairly interesting nugget of information. Uncharted 4 A Thief's End is supposedly being prepped for a PC release following in the footsteps of Horizon Zero Dawn and most recently Days Gone. It appears on the 26th uh, slide through here, uh, through their presentation, listed as a new growth vector for PlayStation Studios alongside mobile and games as a service. The slide also reveals that PC version that the PC version of Horizon Zero Dawn resulted in a 250% return on investment, and that Sony's expansion into the personal computer market uh, is designed to target other territories such as India, Russia, and China. Of course, we've known for some some time now that the hardware manufacturer plans to bring many more PS4 exclusives to PC in the future. Most recently, a Steam creator page for PlayStation Studios was set up, listing anywhere up to another 15 PC releases. That total can contain DLC packs, however. Nathan Drake's latest outing certainly seems to be one of them, though. Yeah, this is no surprise. It's been rumored for such a long time that Uncharted was going to be heading to PC. Um, now to actually see Uncharted uh, Uncharted 4, at least, because I believe, look, even if they were to release the Nathan Drake collection on PC, which would be great, I'd love to see the Nathan Drake collection hit PC as well. Um, those games are being played to death by a lot of, you know, just everybody, everybody's played them. If you, if you had a PlayStation 3, you had Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Like that was, that was pretty much 
the the game was actually kind of like it was sold near the end of its life cycle bundled with the unit like for free because they wanted people to play it and experience what was possibly their best title before the last of us hit so yeah that's no surprise but uh, what's not surprising in the least is now that we're getting Uncharted 4 for PC, which is, again, awesome. Why? Because uh, for people who want to play it natively in 4K and then, like, mod it and everything else they can do, um, it's just a little It's just a little more for PlayStation fans. It's just something, something else for them to experience on, you know, if they have the hardware, which, you know, I do, and I really, really would love to see the game uh evolve once again and i would replay the heck out of it on pc so look uncharted is one of my favorite franchises of all time i'm loving this i'm loving this bit of news because it's just yeah it it gives more freedom to modders to uh people who love to do that kind of stuff to tinker with the software um you know i haven't seen a lot of horizon mods i have seen a few i've seen more like performance mods than anything i'd love to see a performance mod for uncharted It'd be great to see that. It'd be good to see some of the insides of the game as well. I know there are ways currently to do that, but I believe that a PC build would expose a little more than what we know now. And um, I would, yeah, once again, love to see it on PC. So this is great. This is just great news. More for people to play. If you don't have a PlayStation unit in your house and you're a PC gamer, this is this is ultimately a huge, huge bit of news for you guys. So like... A Thief's End coming to PC? Hey, I'm all for that, that's for sure. Alright, time for the drop. I guess I'm the one that's doing this now. So, uh, for the next couple of weeks, we've got a few titles, actually, that are coming out. So, uh, Wonderboy Asher in Monster World uh, are coming out on May 20th, which is today. Uh, Virtual Fire... Uh, sorry. Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown on June 1st. Uh, Necromunda Hired Gun on June 1st. Ghosts and Goblins... Uh, Resurrection on June 1st. Stonefly, June 1st. Open Country, June 3rd. Uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 on June 4th. There you go, Zach. Uh, Mighty Goose on June 5th. Chivalry 2 on June 8th. Final Fantasy 7 Remake Integrated. I want that. June 10th. Uh, Ninja Gaiden uh, Master Collection on June 10th. Guilty Gear Strive. More, man. More power releases. June 11th. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, June 11th. We're so close. Man, June 11th. Uh, Darius Burst, Another Chronicle X Plus, June 11th. There is some big ones in there, that's for sure. Uh, so we've got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Guilty Gear Drive, um, Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake Integrate, uh, Sniper Ghost Warriors Contracts 2. Um, that seems to be the big, big ones out of all of them. So, but it's it's still going to, it's it's a stacked week for PlayStation, or sorry, stacked couple of weeks for PlayStation coming up. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to it. This has been an interesting podcast to do. I've never really kind of uh, wanted to do solo podcasting ever. Uh, I will say that I was kind of a little intimidated uh, at the beginning of of this before I I went into it, but this is actually fun and I want to do it again. So I might even see you in a couple of weeks. So who knows? Guys, if you didn't know, this has been Operation PlayStation Plus, DashGamer.com's dedicated PlayStation podcast, where we dive deep and dirty and discover what the latest and greatest PlayStation have to offer, including next-gen game. No, no. What's coming out in 2021. That's right. Make sure to follow me over on at DashGamer 
Don't forget to follow the show over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings. They surely help us out. And also catch the VOD over on dashgamer.com and on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Give us a like. Leave us a follow or comment. Surely helps us out. Leave us a follow anywhere else that you see us as well. We're also available across other platforms. So um, that really does help us out. Um, other than that, um, I will probably catch you guys in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll hit another PlayStation Plus, uh, or sorry, Operation PlayStation Plus, or even um, you know try and get something out or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens. E three is coming, so I really, really would love to have the boys uh, come back and do some E three shows. So um, we'll see what happens there. But until then, this operation is complete. Gamer.com